Sometimes the cheese grater isn't where it's supposed to be. And that's okay. It's probably somewhere else in the kitchen. And you'll find it. You'll find it. Hey, Charlie. What's going on? Welcome to the Painting Pictures Podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'm a little bit caffeinated. The struggle is real, folks. The struggle is real. Coffee. Um, the struggle continues. Not only uh, do I struggle with not drinking coffee... I also sometimes struggle with drinking coffee, or more specifically, making coffee. I got this sweet little red stovetop espresso maker, which apparently isn't actually an espresso maker, because um, one is not supposed to put finely ground grounds, (laughs) ground grounds, in the little pot. But it's one of those uh, percolators, maybe. It's got a chamber filled with water uh, at the bottom, and then it's got a metal filter. (laughs) Um, It's like a metal uh, cup. It's like a little metal cup. Um, It's like a little metal wine glass without the foot. (laughs) So it's like just the stem. It's a hole that the water boils and gets forced up through, and then you fill the little metal cup with coffee, and then it's pressed against the top chamber, uh, which you know, okay, you know what I'm talking about by now. If you don't, you're a saint who doesn't drink coffee. No, really, coffee's not that bad. It's just about moderation. Uh, and that's, or I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like it's this thing that I've decided is bad for me. And therefore, and that I want it, that I need to struggle with because my life is pretty great, and I don't have a lot of problems <laughs> or <clears throat> issues <laughs> or big things that I'm struggling with. So I think I need something. Um, and so at this point in my life, I'm I'm 28 years old, and and that is coffee. Uh, well. I got into, I was house-sitting for a little while, and um, they had one of these stovetop, we'll just call it a stovetop espresso pot, because that's what everyone calls it, and, you know, whether or not that's actually what it's called, uh, I don't know, look it up, (laughs) okay, Um, well, they had one of those, and uh, they had a a uh, big thing of Folgers coffee, which at first I was like, psh, psh, tss, psh, Folgers, psh, ksh, psh, Folgers coffee. Um, 
Well, it's actually really good when you put it into this little espresso pot because it just brews so nice and strong, and, and you can mix it with a little hot water and make like an Americano, some good half and half, some maple syrup. Mm, you got yourself a good cup of coffee. Well, this this led to some problems because uh, I was drinking like a full thing of this every morning, and it was really like over-caffeinating me and giving me that extreme have-to-pee sort of feeling, which I've talked about before. Anyhow, um, so it got me a little bit into, you know, down the road of, oh, God, coffee, and, oh, God, I'm drinking coffee. And, and then I got back to my place, and things settled down a little bit, and I had this smaller espresso pot. It's about half the size. And what I did a couple of times and really enjoyed was drank just, just like, half of it in a, in, with hot water, like a small Americano, just, like, boom, like, here... Here is my cup of coffee, and it's small, and it's strong, and it's delicious, and it's hot, and I am just going to drink it and enjoy it and, like, focus on it and appreciate it, and I think that's a pretty healthy way to drink coffee. The other way of drinking coffee is like, I always need to have coffee. I always need more coffee. I need a big cup of coffee, and you just, like, you kind of go about it in this haphazard manner not really focused or intentional you're just like making a bunch of coffee so that you can always be drinking coffee and you're not even like enjoying the drinking of coffee you're just drinking coffee Woo! <laughs> uh, don't want to scare you off <laughs> i'm not really that like totally a fiend but sometimes i can be Anyway, I suddenly str- am struggling making coffee with my little espresso pot um, put the grounds in, put the water in, and um, it just doesn't bubble. Uh, it just steams, and no coffee comes out into the top of the pot. If you know anything about this, I did a little reading, and it seems to me that it's about my, the grind being too fine. But I'm pretty sure I've made a great pot. It's worked exceptionally well with really fine grind. And this wasn't overly, especially finely ground grounds. So, um, but there was a moment yesterday when I was standing over the stove. um, I had packed the... uh, the espresso pot a second time (laughs) first time hadn't worked i said oh okay it didn't work i'm gonna take it off the stove uh, use a towel so i don't burn myself (laughs) uh unscrew it and dump out the coffee uh no carefully actually surgically remove the little pot full of grounds and dump out the water and replace the water and shake out the grinds so they didn't get all wet and repack them but not too tight apparently you just fill it up and level it off and then I'd put it back on the stove thinking, okay, here we go. This is going to work great. Well, it didn't. It didn't work. <laughs> Same thing. Just... That noise instead of the... Gurgling noise of the actual coffee, the sweet, hot, aromatic, flavorful, rich espresso coffee bubbling out of the top of that little stem and filling up the jiggling top of your little pot of espresso okay that wasn't happening and standing over it i after the heat had been on for a good like four or five minutes and definitely should be doing its thing instead it's just 
steaming off all the water without actually making coffee, I considered grabbing that little red pot and throwing it on the fucking ground. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to throw it on the ground and scatter hot water and espresso all over the place. And, um, and I didn't, you know, cause, cause I would have just had to clean it up. <laughs> I really wanted to though. And I was even aware at the time of, that I wanted to do it sort of for the novelty of it. Of just fucking ha- having it exploding in a temper tantrum at this little pot of coffee and throwing it hard against the wall or against the floor and making a huge mess, and uh, but I didn't. Um, I'm just gonna have a sip of coffee here. So I don't know, folks. I'm just rolling with it. I'm just rolling with it. You know, day by day, day by day, and um, if that's my vice. Uh, you know, there are worse things in life and maybe someday I'll find some sort of a balance with it. I think that, I think that the key is, I think I touched on this earlier in the podcast. Uh, the key is to not build it up as this big evil thing in my mind and to enjoy it when I want to have coffee and just drink coffee and say, mmm, delicious. This is great coffee. This is good. This is good. And then sometimes uh, maybe I won't make coffee. Sometimes I'll drink tea or not drink coffee at all, and that'll be good too. So anyway, I'll keep you posted. You know I will. (laughs) It's one of my favorite topics. Maybe in, I'll be somewhere in Bolivia where they just uh, don't have good coffee. And then I'll just drink bad coffee. <laughs> um, this is a podcast about me, myself, Gabriel Roberts. Um, I used to have guests on here, but now I prefer just to go on these monologues. It's a little more private somehow. Well, it's... A lot more private. I don't know. It's difficult to like set up the interview and sit down and record. I hope to get back to that. There are great, interesting people that I want to talk to, but um, it's sometimes easier to just sit down and bust one out myself. So that's what's happening right now. This is me and the microphone and you, dear listener. Thanks for tuning in. Um... I have a little announcement, I guess. I I, I think I announced it in the last podcast, but we have a date confirmed for the Paonia Community Mic 2. It's going to be Saturday, August 29th at 8 p.m. Up here at the Blue Sage, upstairs at the Blue Sage in Shadow Works Theater, which is a really cool space. It's this old apartment and uh it's got a grand front room and uh we're just gonna pack this place and it's gonna get rowdy (laughs) it's gonna be great so again if you would like to uh do five minutes of spoken word something some ideas are to do a monologue from a play to read some poems 
to just be completely silent and touch your face in different ways. Like just stand up there and like poke your face and have wide eyes and stare at the audience and just do that for five minutes. Anything but music. Leave your guitars at home. That's the only stipulation about this open mic. We're not going to have any singer-songwriters up there crooning away, um, you know, pulling at our heartstrings, okay? Mostly we want to laugh. We want to make fun of people. We want to make fun of Paonia. Um, Anyway, I'm really excited about this. So, again, Saturday, August 29th at 8 p.m., Paonia Community Mic 2 will take place and if you are interested in doing five minutes for what will be a fantastic crowd please send me an email to gabe roberts art g-a-b-e-r-o-b-e-r-t-s a-r-t at gmail.com okay that's the email address and through the magic of the internet the words that you type into your computer and the dick pics that you attach to the email and send to me uh, will be displayed on my computer screen or my mobile device. And I can read them and, and take my time to look at the pictures. Um, today's podcast does not have a sponsor. <laughs> it's just coming out of my own pocket. Okay? My own little pocket. Um... I'm going to, this podcast has a story about um, a little dog. And um, so after a brief um, musical interlude, you can hear that little story. Again, thanks for tuning in. I <laughs> uh, hope you're well. Um, I hope you're hmm, eating mushrooms, boy. Uh, I used to not like mushrooms or think I didn't like mushrooms, but wild mushrooms, which are widely available in this part of the world, are really good. I mean, really good. (laughs) And when cooked correctly and served with pasta and some Parmesan cheese and some salt and pepper and some butter, oh my god. So good. So good. And uh, so I hope that you're getting down on some of that. Get your hands on some wild mushrooms and um, cook them up. Put them in your mouth. Chew them. Taste them. Taste the flavors of the, of the outdoors, of the ground, of the earth. Um, it's a sumptuous experience. And if you don't like mushrooms... Mm, I don't know. I I just don't. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying you don't know what you're talking about, but I don't know what you're talking about saying that you don't like mushrooms because I've been there. I said I didn't like mushrooms, and I didn't know what I was talking about. So maybe try it again. Go back to the go back to the well. <laughs> Well, here I am.
I want to tell you the story of Rosie the Bedwetter. The Bedwetter. The wetter of beds. One Monday evening, I was at the bistro after playing soccer, and I sat and drank a beer. And um, made some small talk with some people in the bar. And then uh, it started to rain. It started to rain fairly hard, like a pretty good little downpour came on. And it was getting dark. And I left the cafe. And there in the tiny little alleyway outside the door of the cafe, huddled under a table, was this tiny little dog named Rosie. And she's not a young dog. Um, she looks looks like probably a chihuahua of some sort. And Rosie uh, was wet and shivering and really, truly pathetic looking. I mean, just a picture of, of need. <laughs> and so I picked little Rosie up and... Um, I first asked in the cafe if anybody knew whose dog it was, and they, they said they didn't. And so I took Rosie out front to the little bench under the umbrella where it was dry, and I sat her down next to me, and I looked at her tags, and that's how I found out that her name was Rosie. And there was a phone number, and I called the phone number and left a message saying, you know, where I was going to be that I had Rosie and that she was fine. Rosie's fine, I said. And um, <laughs> so I took her home. Took little Rosie home. Put her under my arm. And we walked home in the rain. Uh, once we got to my street, I like set her down to see if she wanted to walk by herself. And she walked for a little bit. She seemed pretty... Um, She's like a little bit distressed, really, and subdued. And she wasn't really that into walking, and so I picked her back up. And I brought her home to my little trailer where it was nice and dry, and I set her on a rug and dried her all off. Got her little paws all clean, and and then I put a rug on the um, couch and let her sit on the couch. And she just, like, sat there for a while, and I started making some food. And I was singing songs to her. (laughs) I think I'd started on the walk home singing a song about little Rosie. (laughs) Oh, little Rosie's a good girl. Rosie's a good girl. You know, that sort of a thing. Uh, Just really wanted to calm her down, you know. And I got a little bowl of water, which she wasn't interested in. Um, And then I started... As time went on, she dried off and warmed up and gradually started to gain some spunk. And she started uh, running back and forth on the couch and burrowing her little face in the pillows and... She jumped down from the couch and she ran over to the kitchen and she started begging for food, which was really cute, but I didn't give her any food. I said, you're really cute. (laughs) You're really cute, but I'm not going to give you any food. And she was playful and like jumped around and I thought, oh, this is so great. You know, I brought this dog home and she's really cute and I got her all dry and I'm sure her owner's going to come pick her up soon. 
And sure enough, I got a phone call from her owner. It says, thank you so much. Where do you live? And I'll be right there. And thanks for taking care of Rosie. And she gets freaked out when there's thunder and lightning. And sometimes she gets out. I don't know. I'm not sure how she's getting out of the yard, but she's done it before. And little Rosie had run all of like three blocks, which is kind of a long distance for such a small dog. And found her way to the bistro where she huddled under the table. Anyhow, um, Rosie's mom came and picked her up, and I passed off Rosie, and she was grateful, and Rosie seemed happy, and uh, I felt good. I felt like a good citizen. I felt like a good Samaritan. You know, I'd done the right thing. I'd taken care of the little dog, and it had brightened my evening, and it had made me feel... Or I had sort of questioned the whole thing of why I'd gone to the bistro and just sat by myself and drank a beer and um it felt like that made it worthwhile and sort of justified it in a way anyway um then I made dinner finished dinner and had some food and I went to get ready for bed and there was a big pea stain on my bed yeah a big pea stain I hadn't noticed that little Rosie uh, had, at one point, when she started to feel spunky, trundled into my room and jumped up on my bed and took a big pee on my fucking bed. Uh, I didn't do, at first, I was, it was actually, I remember I checked, I noticed it right before I was going to sit down to eat and I'd made my food and the first thing I did was nothing. Uh, besides curse little Rosie for peeing on my fucking bed when I took her home out of the rain and dried her off and offered her food, well, not food, offered her water and called her mom and she went into my fucking room and jumped up on my fucking bed and took a fucking pee on my fucking bedspread. Oh, made me so mad. I didn't even want to deal with it. I just went and sat down and ate my food. Um... Then, um, after dinner, I went to Face Facts, and I took the uh, comforter cover off of my comforter and took it into the bathroom in the bathtub and put some soap on the stain and ran it under really hot water and washed it out and hung it up. And then I went back into my room, and I saw that there was urine that had soaked through the comforter cover onto my down comforter. And my nice white down comforter had a big fucking pee stain on it from Rosie the Bedwetter. And so I took my comforter into the bathtub, and at this time I was pretty much steamed, pretty well thoroughly steamed up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and I don't even really know what you do with the down comforter. You're not supposed to get it wet. I don't know. I know people have taken them to the laundry. I've heard of that. So I assumed that it was okay to get a little wet. Put some soap on that. Got under, under the really hot water. Washed out the pee stain. It smelled like pee. It smelled like fucking dog pee. It wasn't just like a little piddle. It was like, Rosie got up there and hunkered on down and let out a nice... Ah, a nice pee. Well, that's pretty much the end of the story. I just think that she, I I, I don't know, um, hmm. 
I don't know that she intentionally peed on my bed. Um, I don't. I I have a feeling that she knew that I wouldn't be happy about that. I have a feeling that she knows she's not supposed to pee inside. I have a feeling she knew that she would soon be picked up by her mom and that this was not her permanent home and that she didn't have to give me any respect. And I have a feeling that she knew she would get away with her little act scot-free. And next time I see Rosie, (laughs) I'm not going to do anything because she's a little dog. And obviously, I'm over this whole scenario. I just think that, you know, dogs that do that kind of thing, what what kind of a, how do you, there's got to be some kind of a recognition. Like, I see what you're doing, you little shit. I I recognize that you think you're going to get away with this and that you're, it's a, just a shysty little move. And just because you're so cute and you think, um, you know, I guess there's a possibility that she doesn't know, didn't know what she was doing. And, um, and that she just was uncomfortable and, and desperate for solace. But it wasn't like, this was like after the point, I had my eyes on her pretty good for the whole time after I first brought her home and I was like really just in love with her and she was so sweet and um, seemed so scared and frightened and then she started to get spunky and it was sometime in that spunky phase when she was running around a little bit that she just like, oh, hopped into my bed and took a big long piss. So, um, fuck you, Rosie. Next time you pee in my bed, um, I'm going to spank you or something. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I, I don't know. Obviously, there's nothing I can do about it. I could call her owner and tell her to put Rosie on the phone and ball her out a little bit. Um, just if you're a dog owner, uh, just be wary that you're just, you know, Try to try to root out this sort of behavior from an early age. This sort of shysty little two-faced shenanigans. I'm sure you'll see signs of it from puppyhood, and I urge you as a dog owner to uh, to recognize and, and make sure your dog knows that you see what they're up to and put a stop to it so they don't go and pee in a nice guy's house who just took them home from out of the rain and dried them off and sang songs to them. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't. But these are the things. These are the something that bothers me and it probably shouldn't people that put their garbage out a whole day ahead Uh, around here in Paonia or at least on my street garbage pickup is on Wednesday now it's not like it's first thing Wednesday morning the guys usually get there usually before noon but kind of midday really So that's Wednesday 
midday that you know your garbage man is coming and you gotta get your garbage out there. Now I understand that um, you don't want to miss the garbage pickup. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a full garbage can that then has to wait around a whole week. So I understand the idea of like, let's get the trash out ahead of time. Like the pickup is on Wednesday. I could see like Tuesday night you put out your garbage. That makes sense because maybe they'll show up early on Wednesday. You don't know. So get it out Tuesday night. Fine. I totally understand that. But some people on my street, one person in particular, um, or one household in particular, they put out their garbage can first thing Tuesday morning. And to me, this just says, I have nothing better to do than to get my garbage can out nice and early. Are you getting getting some sort of satisfaction out of this? Like, oh, yep, (sighs) won't miss the garbage, that's for sure. Oh, Tuesday morning, better get that garbage out. It's like, how, how, how far back can you move the deadline? Why don't you put it out Sunday? Why don't you just put your garbage can out Sunday? Why don't you just leave your garbage can on the curb and take your garbage out there? And not even bother with the whole charade of bringing it in and putting it back out. Um, I don't know. I guess that really shouldn't bother me. I, I'm not really sure why it does. I guess maybe I... F- mm-hmm. Do Maybe I think that they think they're better than me by getting their garbage out early. And, um, and I don't think that makes them better than me. <laughs> Um, maybe I secretly feel sorry for them because they don't have anything going on in their lives. So they, um, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. It's like it, it just reveals that, that, um, their lives are so rote. Uh, not sure about that. Um, so set in stone so devoid of novelty like nothing ever comes up that where they forget to take the garbage out until like oh maybe wednesday morning oh i gotta put the trash out like no it's always out there tuesday morning and um and it's like they obviously they don't have anything to do tuesday except put the garbage out and so maybe they maybe they're actually waiting as long as they possibly can Maybe they're really um, just delaying that thrill, uh, a little activity of putting out the trash as long as they possibly can. But by the time 10 a.m. rolls around, they just can't resist it anymore. And so they just go and take the trash out. Like, oh, oh, well, that's that. I could probably help them out by, on Tuesday, going and taking their garbage can and putting it back next to their house. And then it would give them that thrill all over again of putting the trash out at the curb. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't. But these are the things. These are the things. 
thanks very much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed speaking into this microphone and sharing my thoughts and feelings with with you. <laughs> There's a really great movie that I saw part of recently. It's called The Adjustment Bureau. It has Matt Damon and uh, just beautiful, absolutely just super sexy, beautiful a British actress named Emily Blunt. She's just really, she's really sophisticated, and I, I highly recommend recommend the movie. It's about uh, it's about uh, well, it's about pol- politics. And it has lots of drama. I've actually I've only seen about fifteen minutes of it, but it was enough to make me really excited about about Matt Damon and, and Emily Blunt and I've I've been having I've had some consistent fantasies about about Matt Damon and Emily Blunt having sex with each other. Um Um if if you like to find out more about this podcast please visit gaberobertsart.com and there you can also find more information about the Paleonia Community Mic 2 which is happening at the end of August thank you for tuning in the music in the taste podcast is from the Paleonia Experimental Chorus Conducted by Susan Allender. They performed a recital last weekend at the Blues Hades. It was really wonderful. It made me want to sing. And I'm going to leave you with a song um, by, the, by this experimental chorus. This song is called I'll Fly, Fly Away. Until next time, dear friends, goodbye.